Welcome to the Big Jesus Podcast, a ministry of Crossroad Community Church in Scranton, Kansas. The Big Jesus Podcast seeks to encourage followers of Christ to live out the biblical truth found in John 3.30, that Jesus must become greater. All right, welcome back. This is the uh, Big Jesus Podcast, and my name is Denver Ramsey, and joining me once again is the ever-faithful Don Heron. Don? Hey, good morning, Denver. How are you? I am well. Good morning to the podcast listener. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Um, Okay, so today we're falling under the big umbrella of worship. Um, That can go many different directions, but today we're, we're talking about the specific command given to the believers of Jesus, the followers of Jesus, to gather together and worship, right? Yeah, we want to talk about the idea of what uh, the old English word for is worship. So when something is worthy of worship, that's what that's what happens when we worship. At uh, and we want to look at the life, our church worship, maybe some people might call it, or mm-hmm. what happens when we gather together on a Sunday morning. And bring our offerings, our gifts, our time, right. our sacrifices to to God. And um, the big question, the question, big question, see what I did there? No, I see what you the did The big question <laughs> as we gather to worship is what, I, what am I doing and what do we do not only in leadership but from the, the pulpit to the pew? Is it making Jesus look big mm. or is something else looking big? Yeah. So that's kind of what I want to chew on today. Um, hopefully it will allow the listener this morning to search their heart and uh, think about not only what happens in the pew on Sunday morning, but trace that back to what's happening on a midday Thursday afternoon. Right. Because what's going on in the heart this week is going to directly connect to how Jesus looks big as you cry out in worship right. to him on a right. Sunday morning. Um, you said a phrase, uh, you want us to think about what's going on from the pulpit to the pew. And so that's kind of like this idea of like everything we do on a Sunday morning is pointing a direction and we want it all to point to big Jesus. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we, we joke back and forth a little bit cause we have staff meetings about our worship time and things, but like the, from the announcements even, you know, like right. for, save maybe the announcements, but they, <laughs> they are their own thing sometimes. But, but really even in that, I mean, we want what we do to communicate. This is about a, not about us, right? It's not about mm-hmm. us. Uh, we must decrease and he must become greater. So right. from the time we come in the door uh, to the interactions that we meet and make with other people that are with us and our kids and interaction with nursery workers and um, all of that. Yeah. From, and then to that, to those moments where we're really just forgetful of the things that are going on in the world around us. And we're kind of just lost in this um, crying out to God with our heart, with our lips that he's worthy. And, um, just you know those moments where you just forget everything else. Everything else kind of fades away to the reality that you're bringing something to Christ Jesus, who gave Himself for you. All right, sounds good. Worship so, this morning. Okay, so we, so, um, we want to jump into the scriptures to begin our conversation, and we want to frame all that we're doing, all that we're saying around 
what we find there, right? Right. So we could we could go to the Apostle Paul and look at some of the instructions for worship and maybe like Ephesians five, Colossians three. Um, there's different places where we can go to get instructions for the church. But I think if we really go back to the heart of um, of Jesus, let's hear from his words. And he, he brings up this idea of worship and worshipers as he is dealing with the Samaritan woman at the well. Uh, this is the context for this. And there's a discussion they're having. Um, I mean, he's, he's ultimately wanting to direct her to find life in himself, um, right. her to find life in him. And they, they, they enter into this discussion on worship and about the location of worship because the Samaritans were, it was a different part, uh, it was a different land. They worshiped at a different place. They were kind of religious half-breeds and they were looked down upon by the, by the Jewish people in general. Jesus not only has a conversation with the Samaritan who he loves, but a Samaritan woman, which would have been a little more awkward even in that, that early day. But just catch on what's going on here in verse 23 of John chapter 4. Yet a time is coming and now has come. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. I think the first thing I would just, as we look at that, um, now's the time. There's a good time to worship. Right. And uh, true worshipers is the first thing I'd stop on. True worshipers. So that would that would mean to seem to mean that God recognizes a distinction between false worship and true worship. Right. So that's the first thing I think we ought to think about. How do we avoid the pitfall of bringing false worship to right. Jesus? Because that, of course, that would make him look small. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the idea: worship that. False worship makes Jesus look small, or it's an inaccurate picture of who he is, right. or it fails to acknowledge who he is. Um, yeah, so there's many, many ways, uh, avenues that we could fall into this false worship, like you said, not worshiping the true Jesus, or bringing a wrong picture to him, or not giving him uh, the attention, the the praise that he is worthy of, that he is due. Um, you know, it, it could be that I've got, yeah, I've got like a an unbiblical Jesus. I have a I have an idol mm. that I call Jesus that I worship on Sunday. Right. So there's that possibility. I think also as Jesus goes through this, it's more of Jesus is concerning the heart, right? Oh, and so yeah. my false worship has more to do with what's inside my heart. I'm not really actually bringing worship to Jesus. So while he's there in truth and in beauty and in his greatness and glory, I'm just giving him. I'm just mouthing the words, mm. and so this um, this this too would be a. It looks like I'm worshiping, but it's really false because yeah. he knows my heart. So that's I think um, probably more reflective of what's going on. So there's an error in both ways there. I think. Yeah, this connects back to everything we've been saying about like this idea of big Jesus and him increasing and decreasing. It's not so much us yeah, making him big, yeah, right? Yeah. And so Jesus is there to be worshipped, and it's whether you know your heart is doing that true in truth and in spirit or it is not. And so uh, he kind of gives some directives of like, how do these people, how do these true worshipers worship? How do they gather? How do they bring praise to his name? Yeah, they, they worship the Father. So the Father is receiving this praise, this um, this exaltation, these gifts, this honor. Um, and so that begins, you know, on a Sunday. It begins early on, you know, when mm-hmm. you wake up and you determine, you're making decisions to... Um, to uh, to come to come together with others, 
and um, you know, I just think you know there's ways which you can do that. I think that you know sometimes um, things get a little crazy. I mean, what if Saturday night, you know, you're planning for what you know you're going to wear? I mean, it sounds kind of silly, but you right. know, I just kind of think through so it's not that doesn't become something that you have to deal with on a Sunday morning. You're like, oh, I don't have this pair of shoes is dirty or clean or you know i don't know all the different things that can go wrong in a wardrobe i guess you know <laughs> but just yeah yeah think through and for some people that's a deal some people it's not a big deal but right. but uh it could be that there's a mom out there like that's going to be a big deal for her because the ki- she's trying to get to find out what the kids are going to wear and what she's going to wear and that could be an obstacle for her heart on a sunday morning mm. And so trying to remove some of those things with just a little preparation, a little planning on a Saturday night helps, um, you know, helps for worship on Sunday morning. Right. I'd speak to a younger person who thinks that Saturday evening is a good time to binge watch, you know, a whole documentary on, you know, the blue whale. Um, you know, and they're going to watch that until 2 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday night. Maybe not the best wisdom if you're wanting to bring your heart's fullest worship and your attentiveness to God's word on Sunday morning. Um, there's a problem with just getting up and getting around to the idea of just being mentally uh, focused and ready to interact during the worship time. Right. And a lot of those things are, you know, they're distractions. Uh, mentally, you're thinking about your wardrobe. Mentally, you're thinking about the blue whale instead of thinking about God himself, yeah, I mean, the creator of the, the world. Yeah, and it's just, so I'm trying to get to a place where on Sunday, my heart is ready. Right. You know, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm looking forward with anticipation. I can't wait to gather instead of, oh man, I got this and this, I'm tired. Right. You know, think about the reasons people wouldn't gather to bring worship with to God with other Christians. And so I'm tired. I don't look right. You're right. I don't feel right. I, it's just, you know, it's. It's complicated. And listen, if you need an excuse to go to, not to go to church, to gather with God's people, to worship Jesus Christ on a Sunday morning, they're out there. The devil will more than he'll give you a hundred if you want him. He's not he's not lacking in offering excuses for you to stay away, because he he doesn't desire that Jesus get the glory, the honor, the praise that he deserves. And so we have to be mindful of that um, as we move forward into a Sunday morning. All of these things that we, we've talked about so far that we've hit on have all been inward focused. And I think the calling of gathering together and looking to God himself is turn your focus outward, turn your focus onto him. And so practically, you know, how do we take those steps and how do we make sure that we're doing that? You know, and that's the, the question that we have to wrestle with. And you have to stop looking at yourself and start looking to God himself. And so. Is, and, and this God isn't interesting, Denver, that the Father is seeking worship. Mm. I mean, there's a time when, why would he want to have to do anything to do with me, first of right. all, let alone receive my my pathetic, you know, attempt to worship him. I mean, it's, and I say that just like, I'm in this capacity in my flesh. It's so hard to bring him anything close to what he really, truly deserves. The, the old hymn, uh, When I Serve at the Wondrous Cross, right. you know, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Mm. You know, we're the whole realm of nature mine. That would be a gift far too small. I mean, what what can we truly bring? And so some people feel that, and I think they just give up. Like, well, I'm just not even going to try. Wow. But don't yeah. let it defeat you. And instead, 
And listen to the grace that Jesus is, is offering here. The Father is seeking worship from worshipers, and that's, that's an invitation. Right. Now, as I, as I respond to that invitation to come and worship him, not just on a Sunday morning, but with my life, but as I bring this worship, and we're talking particularly about worshipers coming together, he's seeking worshipers, we want to bring the right heart attitude right. and the right balance of heart and uh, spirit and he calls it spirit and truth. The, the true worshipers, his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So I don't want to bring false worship. I, I hear the call and invitation to gather and I want to bring it in a way which is reflective of obedience and faithfulness on my part. So I want to, and I want to please God when I come and bring Him worship. And so it's in spirit and truth, which would be, um, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not in materialistic things. It's mm-hmm. not in things I see. And it, again, this this false false from truth distinction is made. Some of, some have equated. Go ahead. In my head, I'm. When I hear the word spirit, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. If I'm thinking back to our conversation two weeks ago of like, um, you're in the realm of the spirit now, not in the realm of the flesh. And oftentimes we get distracted by all these things. And then those that are gathering together to bring worship unto the Lord, they're realizing like he's doing things outside of all this stuff we see around us. And because of that, we're, we're looking to those things and. Yeah, people have uh, people tried to you know pin down a little bit and try to define what Jesus is really saying here. In some regard, and I'm just going to speak pretty broadly. I think spirit has to do with God, so it has to be of God. Right, uh, God is spirit, and so this uh, this first thing has to, it has to be of God. This worship that we bring has to be of God, um, for God, uh, and and then through God, through His Spirit. Right, um, and then to go to truth. Jesus called himself truth. Right. His word is truth. And so we want to incorporate into our worship of him things that are true. We want to say things that are true about him. We want to sing things that are true about him. We want to uh, watch things, observe things that are true about him as we gather together. And and we can't do that apart from the word of God because that's, that is truth for us. Right. And it is of God. So the scriptures, as we gather, I mean, if, if you're listening to this, you don't have a church, you're maybe... Maybe God's dealing with your heart about, I need to gather with some other worshipers. Right. I would encourage you to find a church that uses the word of God to inform uh, their worship. What so it's, singing, it's, what not, saying, it's not yeah. just about the, the great screens that they've got going and the animation that they have along with their music and the, the, um, the skill of the instruments that are playing behind the, you know, with the, of the musicians. All of that can be greatly enhancing to spirit and truth, but it can't be divorced from spirit and truth. Mm. So what we can have is a collection of instruments and very talented musicians that is false worship or does not bring worship, and it does, God's not seeking that because it doesn't have spirit and truth in it, and in the word of God is an informing their the the songs that they're singing, the prayers that they're praying, or the preaching that they're preaching, yeah, and the sermon it, that they're preaching. It's almost like Jesus is repeating himself, like this idea of spirit. It's of God, and then truth. Jesus Himself calls Himself the truth, right? He's the way, the truth, and the life. And so, if we're going to worship in spirit and truth, we're going to see what 
Jesus has to say, and we're going to let that inform everything, yeah, like you've so been if, saying. Yeah, So, and it just starts in my own heart personally. So through the week, I'm spending time in God's Word with Jesus, and there is a growing uh, mm. affections, uh, emotions in my heart and soul, like... Man, I just it's just it's like uh, it's there, and I want to get it out. And when I meet with others, it's like, man, we just together we're like, yes, amen, amen. You know, we're saying this is true, this is true. Right. Finally, we get the validation from other believers. I say validation, but it's the uh, the, encouragement the encouragement from other believers that yes, we're agreeing together that Jesus is worthy of our praise. Mm-hmm. And so, if I wander into a church, you know, and I begin to worship with them, and I, and I, but I'm like the Jesus that I've been finding in the scriptures as I worship Him and spend time with Him during the week, and in the and in my heart, the the worship I've been giving Him, it's so different than the group of people that I'm gathering with here in this building. I'm like something's not right there. Right, you know, it's like either 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 the Jesus that I'm finding in the scriptures is something's not wrong here, or they have. Or I, either I'm wrong or they're wrong. I right. Guess. Right. And so, this I'm not talking about the rhythm of a song. I'm not talking about the color of the carpet or the hardness or softness of the pew. I'm talking about the Jesus is the Word of God informing the congregation's worship, like it's informing my heart. Mm. Now, it it can be. Um, I guess that speaks to the importance of those who lead God people, God's people in worship. Right. Um, because we want to, we want to get this right. So, spirit and truth. Um, you were kind of saying, talking about like songs, and you got off on that aside a little bit. You know, just practically, if you just read the lyrics of the the song you were singing together with the body of believers, could you be like, "Oh, that is true about Jesus. Oh, that is true about Jesus." And like, or is that true about my girlfriend? Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. it could be so vague as to be interpreted yeah. mm. in some other way. Yeah. And then that truth does it encourage you, and does it make you want to? Sing to God, saying, "Thank you for being this thing that I am worshiping." And so, right. I mean, there's some clear. I mean, love for Jesus and the love we have for God. I mean, that ought to be that'd be a part of what we sing to the Lord and express to the Lord. Right. But the so I would call that maybe spirit, you know, mm-hmm. or you know, maybe the emotional side. So, spirit and truth. A church can go. I think we can swing in error on mm-hmm. one of two ways. On one side. All we have is warm fuzzies for Jesus, right? And that doesn't necessarily make him look big. Although, if the if it's just warm fuzzy, you know, if it's just emotions but not grounded in truth, that can be a problem. The other way I think we can maybe swing is, well, I've got all I have is truth, and I've got these set of uh, doctrinal positions that inf- that I know that this is true about Jesus, this is true about God, this is true about the Spirit. And I just regurgitate those in some dry uh, heart. It's removed, we're not removed from the heart. It never stirs me. Right. And so if it's all truth, I think there are churches that probably are guilty as when they gather, they're, they're swinging a little more too heavy on the truth side. And it never really stirs anything inside their soul. The other thing that we're wrong is their emotions are all over the place because of their, you know, they have that, but right. it's divorced from anything type of substance or truth of God's word. Right. In the best, you know, if as best as possible through much prayer and planning and um, time spent in preparation. Uh, we want our worship of Jesus to make him look to make him look great and glorious and big. 
and that is truth that stirs the heart and then is receiving uh, to God is received by God as a a fragrant aroma you get this right, picture it's right. a it's a smell and he's seeking that and uh, I think God the Father is completely okay when God the Son uh, is is being proclaimed as the King of Kings Lord of Lords right so practically speaking you know you talked about that pendulum swinging back and forth of like spirit emotionally filled worship warm and fuzzies not inherently wrong right but there could be an overemphasis placed on that so um you know and then there's the so other how side how do you get there yeah it's just like well, you, get there say, because, you get there because you get there you get you get emotional because the the lights got dim mm. um the, the the you know the keyboard started coming on softly and it kind of started to begin you know you can you can you can pull emotion out of people right. from just a stylistic uh, standpoint and I, I would just say that would be wrong if if that's all it ever was right. but uh, those can be beautiful tools to help your heart uh, respond to the truth that Jesus shed His precious blood yeah. for you because He loves you so much. And I was just gonna like on that same vein is have this the people ask themselves like that question of like in your worship, do you feel like it's just all warm and fuzzies, and you that doesn't drive you to want to know your Savior deeper, or is it all just true, true, true? And there's no like, yeah, welling and up and coming inside together of you. is such an interesting thing because some people have experienced great loss. Mm. As they come to worship Jesus, so they maybe had a death in their family, and um, I think a, a congregation ought to be sensitive to that. I mean, um, there's going to be songs of praise to God, but they ought to be filled with hope, right. you know, and, and forward looking to the the future grace that is ours in His very presence as we gather together as the redeemed from all of time. And so that can be there can be songs that are really upbeat that are driving a somebody who's even grieving to a different place and pulling right. them out of that with hope. Mm. Uh, and so it would be, we want to be ref, re, reflective of that, thoughtful of that, to grieve with that person. Yet we can sing songs of praise and that are celebratory to the Lord. So I'm, I'm mindful of that as the pastor sometimes. I know there's people in our congregation right. that have a really long week and they come together and then we join with them in declaring our faith. And so to hear, to see them seeing those truths, it is well with my soul. Mm. Um, that can be that's that's encouraging, and that's um, that's what we need as we gather together. So uh, the 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 vertical dimension of worship, the up and down dimension, me bringing my praise to God, but in God's goodness, He's also allowed us to benefit from worshiping together. So there's a horse horizontal dimension to our worship. So what we call might we call pew to pew, mm-hmm. and uh, where we then are encouraged and. Um, and uh, our hearts are really filled with joy because of the others around us that have tasted God's grace, right. His mercy, His love, and now we're crying out together. And I think that's the the beautiful plan of God's uh, uh, instructions for us as corporate body life believers as we worship on a Sunday. Okay. Uh, before we kind of continue, is there... Are we towards the end of the verse here? Is a couple more bullet points? No, that, it hit? really kind of ends. I mean, that kind of section, okay. that, you know, worship really begins there with verse 
um, 24, God is spirit and his worshipers must worship. So there's an imperative in that. Uh, they must worship in spirit and in truth. Uh, the woman says, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. So she kind of wants She's to She's got some end, truth right there. She kind of <laughs> wants to just end this and like, hey, I don't know yeah. if you're right or I'm right. Uh, but when the Messiah comes, he'll make it all, all right. And then Jesus, in one of the very few times where he uh, reveals his, his messianic identity, uh, does so to this woman right. uh, there in Samaria. Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Yeah. And, um, of course, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's a turning point. Yeah. Um, okay. I want to go to some like practical pastoral questions, thoughts, ideas that center around people coming into worship. How do I respond? What do I do? All these sorts of things. Yeah. All right. So to the person who doesn't sing, struggles to sing, doesn't want to sing, uh, what do you have to say? Yeah, to that person? I mean, it's like you know, ha ha. The joke is, you know, make a joyful noise to the Lord if you're that person. You know, when right. I sing, it's a joyful noise. Um, first of all, let it be joyful, and mm. then and then it's got to be heard. I mean, so like we talked about this pew ministry. If you're, I'm, you can say I'm just so uh, self aware of my bad voice. Um, Again, there's that inward focus, right? So about you. So so what happens is, yeah. So we're so trained to um, look in the mirror in our narcissistic selfie society that I would never raise my voice out loud, you know, Ooh. because somebody might judge me or look at me or think of me, and it really what you have to come, what you have to do is you have to humble yourself mm-hmm. and say, uh, what I'm not offering this to you know, anybody but but God, knowing though full well that God's going to use your worship to encourage somebody else. Right. Maybe encourage someone else to sing even. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be that I'm singing. <laughs> like if that guy, if that guy would bring his voice before God to sing, uh, <laughs> well then I, then I, I can, I can sure then do I it. Surely can, you might right. be that person that encourages somebody else to right. sing. Um, probably your singing isn't as terrible as you think it is. Right. And, uh, and we're not looking for right notes. I mean, you're looking for spirit and truth. That's what God's looking mm-hmm. for, spirit and truth. There you go. And so let the spirit and truth of um, the words that you're seeing, whether from a hymn book um, or, um, or or a projection screen uh, as you read them on, or from a piece of paper, let those words, that truth, let it stir your heart so that your mouth uh, responds and and sing, um, sing along. Try to learn if it's a new song. Try to try to hum along and and let yeah. it become more familiar to you. Yeah. So I would no, just want to knowing say, like, that I want to bring worship to God and I want. I want. I do want to minister and serve to those people right. around me. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. It's, it's important. I don't know if that's the right word there for you to sing to your God, and then it's also an encouragement to that person who's next to you. And then hearing all those voices together praising God is a powerful thing, and it's why we gather and it's why we sing. And so, right. It's God. God knows what's best for us mm-hmm. and it's best for us not to be alone. It's right. best for us to be together. Mm-hmm. And he has purposes there that aren't immediately obvious when we gather together. But over time, um, his plan begins to work out in our lives together as the body of Christ. And so I would just encourage you, there are no perfect churches, um, uh, but find a church, uh, that, uh, makes Jesus look big in the way that they approach their their Sunday morning worship time, their celebration time, their um, corporate worship is 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 the big word, their body worship. Right. And and, and yeah, just find yourself in that and be a part of it. Right. Uh, the next one I had was 
you know, just this idea. Okay, so you you brought the song throughout the middle there. You said it is well with my soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, this is my fear as a leader, as a pastor, is people come together, they mouth words, they sing words, and then they don't understand the depth or the breadth of what they're saying. Right. They don't grasp. Well, part of that, that is a process, side. right? Part yeah. of that's a process. Um, what would you say to that person that maybe they just you know they're not really thinking about the words they say. Maybe they stayed up till 2 a.m. watching the Blue Whale documentary. Yeah, and I, I would just say, like, don't be afraid of what you don't understand. Mm. You know, I mean, don't, and just the things that you don't see, whether you're reading scripture and there's something you come across you're not really sure about or the things you pause on, let the let the Lord use those things as like, oh, those are the moments I need to stop. Mm. And so, yeah, could do your research. Um, do your Google search on, uh, perfect submission, perfect delight, you know, and find out what is what the word submission means. Uh, how great thou art isn't about, uh, you know, an art museum, you know, and, and, and people observing the things that are there. It is, it's an old way of saying are. I, one of the refreshing things as we sing older hymns is that we're just standing on the shoulders right. of uh, other generations of faithful people who have sung these truths in spirit to Jesus Christ that can that is encouraging for us uh, to know that this isn't just our generation or there's there's generations who have gone by there's something neat about that but at one time that song was a brand new hymn that nobody had ever yeah. sung before in their church and so we need some of those with the, some of the older language that we kind of struggle with because of the great truths that are there. And so maybe they would help to deepen my understanding of who Jesus is, deepen my understanding of what Jesus has done, and ultimately it pushed me to go back into the Bible and find right. out, all right, what does submission mean? Well, right. ultimately it means that Jesus is Lord. Yeah. And so everything falls underneath him. It submits to his lordship. And so that is, that's an example, I guess, of something right. that we dealt with recently in our church. So. The reason I bring that up is I, I feel like part of that worshiping in truth is if you're saying something, yeah, you but you're not sure it's true, or right, yeah, right. so that that's good. Make sure it's true. Make Be, sure uh, it's true. Right. Go to the scripture. Make sure it's true, and then um, and know what you're saying, and then know, you know like yeah. So so because hymns. if your if your brain can't engage in it, right. it's very it's very possible your heart never will. Right. And mm-hmm. um, that's that's my heart also, Denver. Is that first of all, as a leader of worshipers. I'm not going to be able to bring people to a place that I'm not myself. Right. If I'm a if I'm the dad in my home trying to lead my kids to sing to Jesus and learn this about Jesus. This was kind of my third practical. Yeah, how how will I how can I get them there if I'm never there? Right. And so there's some there's some responsibility that goes along with that. At the same time, we're all kind of individually. I can't worship for anybody else. Mm-hmm. And so all I can do is present as the best I can uh, truths that hopefully transform their heart and soul to meditate and think, and God will use those things to help them transform their worship so that it's deeper and more full and uh, more expressive as their heart really is crying out to God in praise for sending his son. Yeah, I think that's that's an interesting idea of like, if you've gone there throughout the week, when you're singing those things with other people, it just... Yeah, it should it's not more, be some strange yeah. abstraction from my daily existence that I've considered that Jesus is Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that should have showed up uh, at some point during my week where I had to like 
some kind of a confront confrontation with myself, right? You know, some kind of desire that I wanted, some kind of uh, preference that I had, where I didn't want to die to myself, where I didn't want to love someone else, where I didn't want to, where I was just not showing love for God, and so the that idea of Jesus being Lord that should have filtered in somewhere during right. my life, during my week, and and maybe not in, and more so just to praise Him for being Lord. So then, when I come in on a Sunday morning. Again, like I want my heart to overflow, not to just pick up a few more things. Yeah. You know, like oh, oh yeah, I need to be. I mean, we need the reminder of that. But in a best case scenario, the worshipers have been worshiping, and they come together to bring worship now it's together. As they've been worshiping individually, they come together now for a a great presentation of worship to God. And then connecting all this back to the true thing once more is like. You know, I find myself, we sing by looking at a TV screen and slideshow thing on Wednesday night and I'll pause the thing all so often. I'll be like, you know, do you understand what we just said here? Yeah, that's and good. Like, and if you understand the the depth and, and the truth and what you're saying, man, it just it can encourage and so, you. And it's worth doing if you've got the the word of God in the song. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we're going back to the word of God. And so then that becomes a discipleship. Right. Really, a, a form of discipleship, which you know, there should be some overlap in the ministries that the church has. So singing and worship really can be, and has been through the centuries, a type of discipleship for God's people because I'm learning truths and yeah. remembering truths of God through this great medium of music that God has given us to to worship him with, but it's also that catchy tune yep. uh, finds its way down in my heart. And so I, um, whether it's something that was written this year or 300 years ago, I mean, I, I can join, that gets in my heart and I want to sing it to God. Yeah. And we live in a time when, my goodness, I mean, you can t- get your YouTube out and Google oh, yeah. a, a lyric, uh, a part of a lyric and find a hymn, find music uh, with your music subscription services. I mean, just there's so many ways right. to fill your heart and mind, like Romans 12 says, to renew your mind. And all this, what's the point of all this? So that Jesus looks big. Right. I mean, to make him the priority, to seek his kingdom, to to make much of him. And uh, we're just, we're so blessed to live in the time that we're in to consider how we can do such a thing. And uh, hopefully this podcast is just another layer right. of of, uh, a rem- of reminding you to make Jesus look big. Okay, let's start. Unless you got something else major. No, that's, that's, okay. I need to take a breath. Uh, <laughs> um, let's start trying to wrap this up. You got a 30, 45 second, one minute blurb for how do you worship, how do you gather idea for the listener. Yeah, Jesus... As you grow to see the greatness of Jesus, your worship will change. Mm. And it's very true, my experience, is that um, my love for him will grow. You know, mm-hmm. my love for Jesus has grown. The um, The depth in which I see his sacrifice has increased. Mm. Um, when I read that uh, he dis- descended, you know, heaven, you know, became a man, I mean, the more you spend time with that, the more the, that that chasm that he crossed to become a man and then die in my place, the shame that he took upon himself, all those things begin to increase and grow. It's just um, God begins to awaken those things or open your eyes to those things. 
And so as God in kindness begins to deepen or and mature you in knowing who he is, don't let don't let that pass by with let your response to those mm. things uh, not be returned in worship. So let me just say it this way. Um, <laughs> you only had 30 as seconds. You grow, as you grow to know Jesus better, just like any friend, just like in your marriage, just like in a marriage, as you grow to know that person better and you grow through time, don't fail then to return praise to God for not only revealing that to you, mm. but then worshiping him afresh um, with those very things whether it's his love, his grace, his mercy, his kindness, his justice, his faithfulness, his power, I mean, his omniscience, his omnipresence, all those things, return them back to praise. Like, you reveal them to me, you show me about yourself, I'm personally knowing you now as that kind of God, and I can't help but not sing about it because right, right. You're, worthy of, you're worthy of my praise. Right. And so there's this truth, spirit and truth um, rhythm that will kind of take place in the life of somebody who's really truly following Jesus. And it won't be, I'm trying to worship. It'll be, how can I not worship mm. because of what I know this God to be and uh, who I know me to be. And yet he's seeking, he's seeking me in worship. Uh, for me, my little blurb is, you know, I kept hitting on this idea of like, stop looking inward and look outward because it's the God. It's about God anyway. Mm. I know you're always going to be a little bit concerned about how you're dressed, but we don't have to. It can't rule our attention while we come to worship. I know you're always going to be a little bit concerned about how you sound when you're singing, but you must sing because it encourages the person next to you and it's God is worthy of that singing. And then uh, we can't be embarrassed or uncomfortable or too proud to say, hey, pastor, what did that mean when we said blah, 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 blah? Or, hey, Sunday school teacher, what did it mean when we sang, or why did we say this in our worship? And because all of that, that it's not about you. It's it's about Jesus. It's about God. Yeah, and there's a humility, I think, from the woman at the well. As she interacts with Jesus on these things, um, he was kind of sharing with them. Yeah, humble yourself and uh, find the answers to some of these things. Yeah. And I think you brought up a few podcasts ago, uh, this uh, chorus called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, mm-hmm. Look Full in His Wonderful Face, and mm-hmm. the things of earth will grow strangely dim yeah. in the light of His glory and grace. Mm-hmm. And that's what we, that strangely dim is the, yeah, well, what am I wearing? Yeah. Uh, the, how, how are my kids behaving? Mm. Um, what's What are we going to have for lunch? Yeah. Uh, what do we? What did we not get for breakfast? You know, I mean, just all of those things that really don't matter. Um, and just bring your heart. You know, right. bring your heart. And I think that's a great point. Yeah. Um, it seems like we've moved Tuesday release dates for the podcast. It seems to work better for our schedule and a little bit better for us right now. Uh, it may have to change, but yeah. right now this is pretty good. So thanks for being uh, patient with us as we move through week to week. Yeah. Um, as always, you can connect with us by emailing us at. Big Jesus Podcast at gmail.com. Send a question, send a comment, send an encouragement. You can reach out to myself or Pastor Dawn and do the same thing. Um, and since we've been talking about worship, uh, Sovereign Grace Music was kind enough to allow us to use their um, song at the beginning and end of our, our podcast. And so uh, maybe send a YouTube search, uh, Sovereign Grace Music, and use some of their Christ-exalting lyrics to worship this week. There's some really great things. Yeah, uh, City of Lights, writing a, new, a lot of new modern music for the church. Mm-hmm. Matt Boswell and Matt Papa have some wonderful things. Um, 
that are modern from in a, a little different stylistically. Uh, Keith and Kristen Getty. There's some new things. Just a really a lot of. We live in a wonderful time of modern hymn writers, right? Uh, lifting up their uh, voices and uh, sharing their gifts for the church. So. God bless you as you uh, pursue worshiping uh, Jesus Christ. And uh, this coming Sunday, may you take the opportunity to make Jesus look big Mm. for worthy is the lamb who was slain for us. Amen. Worship in spirit and truth this week, and we'll see you. Thanks, Denver. Yep, thank you. Hallelujah. Jesus is my life.